That's what saints do. Saints give up their lives for others, he says. Before that, he says, he took care of me and he didn't have to and probably didn't want to. And then he said, that's what saints do. They give up their lives for others. He says, saints make sacrifices. His cat eats gourmet cat food while he eats cans of sardines. It goes on and on, and by the end of the soliloquy, the speech, the little boy, uh, everyone in this room would have tears in their eyes like I did this morning as I was listening to it. Um, it seems to me that as I grew up and tried to understand what saints were or who they were, they were these uh, larger-than-life, supernatural, mystical figures. Um, we went all the way to Turkey on a, on a mission trip uh, of prayer. want to ask me more about that? Please do. But we essentially prayed from the eastern southern part of Turkey, a little town called Diyarbakir, all the way back to Constantinople or Istanbul. It took 11 days, and we went from town to town, and we were praying in these towns, and we visited seven of the 11 Christian churches in Turkey that are known. They're not hostile to Christians. Um, it's a secular Muslim country. They're, most people there are culturally Muslim. They don't go to the mosque. But um, uh, Islam is the, is the religion of the state, not Christianity, as we might say here. Well, one of the people that we wanted to see, at least two of us did, was um, a saint known to the church as Simeon the Stylite. And to talk about supernatural or mythical, what Simeon's famous for is he finally said no to the world and left and went out into the wilderness. Um, I see somebody nodding. And um, he put himself on top of a pedestal that was 28 feet tall, so the, so the rumor or the myth goes, and he lived up there for over 14 years to get away from people, to be closer to God. And people would still come, and they'd stand there, and they'd shout up their prayer requests to Simeon, or they'd shout up questions to him. And I don't, I don't know what that must have been like. I don't know how he got food or all the other things that are going through our minds right now. But that's one of the persons that we studied in seminary who's a saint. Quite odd, right? Unapproachable, you might, clearly unapproachable. Another one, maybe a little closer to a lot of us, is Mother Teresa. Mike and I had a friend at my last church who was an airline pilot for Air Canada, spent some time in Ethiopia flying some relief missions, and on one of his trips home from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, to Dubai, to Italy, to London, and finally back to Canada, uh, on the flight from Addis Ababa, excuse me, from Dubai to Italy, uh, he was in first class because he was an airline pilot, and so they upgraded him. Uh, Mother Teresa sat right next to him. Oh, it was amazing. He said she really was no taller than about four foot something. And she was absolutely exhausted. And all she wanted to do on the flight was sleep. So they brought her a drink of some sort. She sipped it, maybe a glass of wine before takeoff, and immediately went to sleep. He said the best part of the whole trip was watching all the flight attendants, who were Italian and probably Catholic, coming by, hoping to catch her awake so they could just ask for a blessing or ask her to say, just speak anything, Mother Teresa. And she didn't oblige them. She slept all the way to Rome, got up off the plane with her bag and departed. So all they did was they got to see a saint. They didn't actually get to engage with them. One of the things I love about the Alpha Course is they take this idea of saints and they use it in one of the talks called How Can I Be Sure of My Faith? I really like this. There, there are five ways that the Alpha Course says we can be sure of our faith. They're all CS. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're all hot, not homonyms. But the first one is commanding scripture, CS. Uh, the fourth one is the communion of saints, CS. Anyway, the Alpha Course presents this communion of saints as a way to be sure of our faith in two paradigms. One is the one that I've been describing, these people that we hear about that are almost mythological, who do these supernatural things to encourage us that it is possible to actually behave and act like Jesus. We all need to be inspired. The others are people that we've actually gone through life with, 
like are buried in our cemetery, like maybe seated here with me, who do three important things for us, and I've already mentioned it. They encourage us. This Christian walk, this following Jesus, I find it to be quite challenging, and I, and I fail at it, I think, as often as I succeed at it. Uh, Mike said one of the, or I read one of the days, or somebody told me one other day, that one of the challenges of Christianity is that some people can do it very well. And so I can stand up here a lot of times, dress like this, and say certain things, and people are like, oh, he's got this Christian thing knocked. Uh, I can actually start to believe it myself, which makes it even more uh, problematic. But the truth of the matter is, it's challenging, it's difficult, it's countercultural if you really live into it. So we need others in our lives. That's why it's important to come to church. Uh, like I said Sunday, seeing you all encourages me, and I hope in some way I encourage y'all. We're in this together, we're better together. One of the fruits of the Spirit is unity. We ought to desire to be together, even with some of the people that rub us wrong, believing that God's using them to somehow shape us more and more into the image of Christ. So number one, saints encourage. Uh, number two, they do that by setting an example. And the example they set is the third piece of sainthood, I would add, and so would the Alpha Course, is they make sacrifices, like the little boy said. And what we hear in the Ephesians reading today is Paul um, pouring out his love and affection uh, for the saints of the church. But he's always doing that, uh, imagine with Jesus uh, in, the, in the background, um, hanging on the cross. You know, Paul says in that same letter, I came to you and I only wanted you to know one thing about what I knew, and that was that there was a man who was crucified, and he died and he rose from the dead. His, his resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, changed Paul's life and his understanding of how the world worked. It put it upside down. And what Paul began to understand is that this life of following Jesus is all about making sacrifices. Not so that we can go and spend our eternity with Jesus, but because that, he did it for us. There's a big difference there. Recognizing how much he loves us, recognizing to, to, to the length that he went to prove it, ought to bring all of us to the place of sainthood where we say, Lord, for me, sure, whatever you want, whatever I got. It's all yours. Jesus did that so that we could have the power to even try it. Excuse me. And like I said, I don't always find that easy or rewarding, and sometimes it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But that's the thing. And I'll say that to you all because you're faithfully here today. Um, I believe that's what I'm called to do. I actually believe that's what all of us who say yes to Jesus are called to to do. There's a big difference. We heard it last night in our meeting about going to Israel. I asked Mike during the meeting, I said, Mike, what's the difference between taking a pilgrimage and going on a tour? And Mike, as deftly as possible, led with, well, tours are great things, but we're going on a pilgrimage and this is what it looks like. And he finally got to the place where he said, I believe most of us at this meeting feel called to go to Israel with this group at this particular time. That doesn't mean others can be called at a different time, but he used the word called. And if we're called, this is one of those old expressions, you've heard it before, but let me remind you. If God's calling us, then he's going to surely equip us. Even if it's not our first nature to always show kindness. Even if it's not our first nature to always forgive. Even if it's not our first nature to be generous. His promise is that when he calls, Gary, Charles, when he calls you, calls us, he's going to equip us. So that's what I want to leave us with all saints today. It's, it's kind of a play on what I said Sunday. I, I hope we'll listen 
I hope as we receive communion this morning, maybe go out for prayer, we'll ask God to open our ears just a little bit more so that we can listen for his call today. And that maybe somehow our hearts are stirred uh, in a new way today to go in the direction of his, boy, of his voice and become the saints that he all desires us to be. Saints who build up the kingdom by bringing glory to God. Amen.